I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, I'm Rena Nainen, and this is Ask Lisa, the Psychology of Parenting podcast. It's a podcast to help parents better understand their kids. Dr. Lisa Demore, a psychologist with three decades of experience and the author of three New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. Both of us are moms ourselves, and we're eager to hear from you. So send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And you can join our community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The handle is at Lisa Podcast. And also subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel, Ask Lisa Podcast. Episode 138, Should Our Teens Stay Home Alone When We Leave Town? I can't believe it's October already. I know, I know. You don't want to wish the fall away, but there's also something really nice when the routines have taken hold. You know how I think I talk about routines more than anything else on this podcast. You say it takes a few weeks for it to set in and then you start to feel better. Yeah. No, routines, I think, are the glue that holds us together alongside sleep being the other glue that holds us together. You have taught me the value of sleep, that is for sure. But you know, this is also the time of the year where I feel like if you're a mom, you need a vacation already. (laughs) It's time to get away. It's a long stretch. It is a long stretch. I think from the start of school year to Thanksgiving, there's different, you know, communities have breaks within that, but like this, it's a long stretch, Rena. It's a long stretch from summer to getting them geared up for school. So we got this great question about when you leave town, when should you, when is it okay to leave your teen alone, right? Hormones raging, lots of things to think about. (laughs) I want to read you this letter. Okay. Hello, Dr. Lisa and Rena. My youngest son just turned 16. Soon my husband and I both need to be out of town over a weekend. Anticipating our absence, my younger son texted me a few weeks ago asking when we would be away. Upon receipt of his message, I had a sinking feeling that he was beginning to make arrangements to host a party in our absence. Given these concerns, we had hoped a family friend might be able to stay at our house while we were away. But she's unavailable, and we can't think of anyone else to ask. We want to trust him but we also feel uneasy. We've locked all of our alcohol away, but we're still worried. 
My catastrophe mind imagines him asking two to four friends over, but then word spreading that there's an unsupervised home open to party on that weekend. I'd love any guidance about how to navigate the situation. Thank you in advance for your help. Well, first off, is this mom's instincts right? Should she be worried about her son hosting a party? Yes. (laughs) We can do a one-word podcast this week. Yes. This is really concerning. This is really concerning. Her catastrophizing mind should win the day here. Usually I'll be on the side of like, no, no, people are overreacting. Not on this one. Wow. So what does she do then if you're saying her instincts are spot on? How does she respond to that? So one of the things I like to do sometimes when I'm caring for people in my practice is stay, say like, let's play worst case scenario game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in this situation, the worst case scenario, of course, is that somebody could get hurt. An unsupervised party arena, I mean, it can get out of control. A kid could get hurt. A kid could get killed. Okay. So setting that worst case scenario aside, and obviously that is no small thing to set aside. The other thing that parents need to be mindful of are the legal implications for them. And there's a lot of laws that apply in this situation that um, families need to know about. And when they know about those laws, it actually gets easier to have a conversation with your kid about it. So, you know, this is different. I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) This is different (laughs) state to state, jurisdiction to jurisdiction. But in a lot of places in this country, if there is a party where underage people drink at your home and you knew or, and it's often written, could have known could have had reason to suspect, you are liable for whatever happens. Just the could have known? I mean, that's that's pretty wide and ambiguous to me. hugely wide, right? So you can leave town, be like, don't have a party. The kid's like, I'm not having a party. You're like, great, no parties. You leave town, your kid throws a party. And I think the legal exposure is massive. Wow. Kids show up. You can get in trouble for the fact that underage minors were drinking on your property. That is the least of your concerns. If a kid gets hurt, if a kid leaves the party and hurts someone else, right? I mean, if they're drunk and they're driving, I mean, this could be horrendous. And that it does happen that parents end up in major legal jeopardy. They can end up in jail for things that happened when they were not home, when their kid threw a party. So this is like when I say like, yes, she should be concerned. Yes, she should go down the catastrophizing road. Like this is one where you do not play around. What I'm hearing from you is an unequivocal, do not leave your teenager at home when you go away on a long weekend. Well, (laughs) we'll get into the murky details, but this kid and what she's describing where he's like, hey, when are you guys going to be gone, right? And her instincts were like, ooh, I don't know. This makes me feel uncomfortable. I think she should pay attention to her gut. So then to your question of like, what does she say to this kid? I think it's really, really important for teenagers to understand the kind of legal jeopardy they put their families in Mm. if they have kids over and kids drink, whether or not the parents are there. So so, walk me me through this, Lisa. So say you're the parent. I want to, you know, the situation with this letter. What would you say to me to get it through my head about just how high the stakes are if there's a party thrown and you're not around? I think I would say, look, I totally get it that, you know, it could be tempting to have people over when we're not here. I also get it that people may want you to do that. Here's the deal. If anything goes wrong, if a kid shows up and drinks even in our absence, 
we could be liable just because it's an underage minor drinking on our property. That is the least of our concerns. I would say that just to the the kid in the same way. If a kid leaves and gets hurt, if a kid leaves and hurts someone else, if anything goes wrong, we, you know, your father and I, your mother and I, like we, you know, I myself, if I'm the only parent, like are going to end up in legal jeopardy. The worst, worst, worst case scenario, we're going to jail. You're going to Child Protective Services, right? I mean, like- Whoa. Right. I mean, like you could go into, you know, state custody. Like, and I really, you know, I try to be very careful about not exaggerating, not using fear as a, but on this one, the worst case scenario is so bad that it's really important that parents know And that also we help teenagers know Mm -hmm. how this can go so wrong. So let me ask you this. Is it better if the son wants to host a party, there might be alcohol, for you to be at home when this happens? So this is a really interesting question, right? And I think it's not unusual in communities for there to be families. And I'm sure we have listeners who are like, you know, they're going to drink anyway. I would rather they do it where I can keep an eye on things, Mm -hmm. right? Where I have some sense of um, control. Okay, so from the pure safety standpoint, sure, maybe, right? If if you're aware of what's happening and you take all the kids' keys and you're, you know, checking kids, um, you know, if you know for sure, like, I mean, I'm not saying that an adult supervision of this doesn't make it more safe. Potentially that could happen. Okay, but there's two problems with that. One is you could still get in trouble for serving underage minors. You're not supposed to serve other people's underage kids. Like that is not a legal thing to do. So that's one problem. The other problem is I think the thing that keeps teenagers safest in the whole world is their ability to blame their good behavior on their parents. And so what I mean by that is, like, say, Rena, you and I are out partying, we're teenagers, and you're like, Lisa, here, smoke a ton of weed. I should be able to say, Rena, I totally would smoke weed with you, but, like, my parents, they are so rigid, they are so strict, they're going to come down on me like a ton of bricks if they, you know, get the sense I've done this, or they, they yeah. test my pee or whatever. It does not work for me to say that to you if you can say, what are you talking about? Your parents hosted last weekend. Your parents are cool. They're mm. really fun. They're they're you know they're open to this kind of stuff. Mm. So I'm not saying that it can't work, but I think there are a lot of complications to serving, even when you're there. I think there's a lot of complications, and you know it's interesting to like get into these things where there's really like what should parents do? And my view on it is. Parents have to make their own choices. They know themselves. They know their kids. Our job, Rena, is just to make sure people really understand the landscape of what those choices set them up for, for better or for worse. Mm. Lisa, I want to take a short break, but I want to ask you, is it better on the other side of this break, is it better for them to be drinking at your home if you know they're going to do it than being out and about and behind the wheel? We're going to pause, take a quick break. You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. I was recently watching an interview of the wife of a world leader, and in the middle of the interview, she reaches over to pull her bra strap up, and I thought, boy, this is something all women everywhere are struggling with. 
this is why I absolutely love Honey Love. I have the crossover bra, which is just so functional, but it feels so good on. I feel like I've got the support without feeling like I've got this heavy duty bra on. I've been through all the bras. The elastic wears out, the underwire pinches into your skin. You have to hand wash some. You can only wash in this type of detergent. And I just wanted something that takes out all the fuss and will support me day in and day out. Honey Love's not just supporting women, it's empowering women. So treat yourself to the best bra on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash askalisa. You can use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash askalisa to find your perfect fit. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. We hope you support the show and tell them Askalisa sent you. Honeys, you deserve this. Free the pain and discomfort and keep the support with Honey Love. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. One Skin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herbed squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. Welcome back to Ask Elisa, the psychology of parenting. We're talking about a teen who is expected to stay at home alone for a weekend and their parents are both going to be away and mom is getting a sense that the teen might want to throw a party while she's gone. I want to ask you though, this mom clearly doesn't, it, it just you can t- get a sense, doesn't really trust her son on this and is asking for your help on this. But what if the reverse is true, that you actually have a good kid, you trust the kid, is it okay that to leave them home alone? And if maybe they throw a party, you trust the kid. Whew, okay. So this, I mean, this is key, right? This is a critically important question. Um, and you know, this kid's probably he's a great kid, I'm sure, but he also might be looking for some fun because yeah. he's a teenager and that is their jobs. So again, parents know their kids. They may be like, you know what, I know my kid. 
if they have kids over, they're going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons and drinking like too much soda, right? Like that's as bad as it can get. Like if you know your kid, you know your kid. Like I'm not going to say there's no way this can work. But one of the things I want to put back on the table is something we've talked about before, which is hot and cold reasoning, which is the two different mental systems that teenagers uniquely have. So cold reasoning is good logical reasoning, not informed by social or emotional pressures. So even with this kid, let's say in this in this letter, the mom might be like, dude, here are the laws. Like, here's how bad this can be. Like, here's how out of control this can be. And the kid might be like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Do not worry. It will be a monastery at the house while you're gone. <laughs> like, there's nothing for you to worry about. He may mean it. He may be telling the God's honest truth in that moment because he is in the cold light of day having a rational conversation with a parent. Now, Teenagers are subject to what we call hot reasoning, which is that their reasoning changes when they get around their friends. So that same kid or some other kid who really is a trustworthy kid most of the time could, having sworn up and down they're having nobody over, you leave town, it's Saturday night, and one friend's like, oh, come on, like a couple of us can come over, right? Can't we? And the kid's like, yeah, a couple can come over, right? And then you know how it is, right? The next thing you know they might, you know, a kid might show up with booze, right? And then the poor kid who's hosting is like, oh man, like what am I gonna do? Like kick him out because my parents aren't here and I promise. Like, again, now you've got the social and emotional pressures. You know, peer pressure, I guess, is basically the best way to describe it. Kids will do different things than what they swore to you up and down under the cold conditioning reasons. So even if you trust your kid or even if you trust the conversation you're having with your kid, don't bank all of your honestly, legal freedom on that. Mm. Like there is so much at stake here that you want to be very, very cautious. Mm. So what I'm hearing from you is no idea of the leave your kid, whether good or bad or responsible or not responsible, home alone for a long weekend and leaving the door open to potentially a party or activity that could really get you in trouble is not a good idea. It's really, really risky. This is a really risky proposition because of the variables involved. There's illegal variables involved. There's how teenagers think and reason involved. There's also the fact, Rena, I mean, pre-internet, do you remember being at parties that got out of control? I went to parties that got out yes, of control. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. That was but, pre-internet. But, but yeah, you're right. I never thought of that. There was no social media documenting the party. Right? Or transmitting the fact that there was a party, right? right. I mean, we right. were able to determine that by like weird ground, you know, groundwork alone with like yeah. literally landline phones, we could still find out where parties were and things could get out of control. So, you know, you take that capacity of adolescence, which we had, you marry that with the internet and the ability to post about where parties are, things can get out of control very fast. Mm, hadn't even thought of that. So is it better then to, you know, some I, a lot of parents actually, I think, often think it's better to have them maybe drinking or doing stuff at your house in your basement rather than them driving around and partying from place to place. Do you agree with that logic? So when it comes to other people's kids, no, right? I mean, just like, I'm going to say, I don't think we should be serving other people's kids, right? I, I think, you know, the law says we shouldn't. In, in your home, outside in your of your home. home. In your home, okay. you shouldn't do it. Outside yeah. of your home, actually, wherever you are, they're responsible. But I think other people's kids are other people's kids, and there's both legal and you know relational realities. Now, there's a question about whether you should serve your own kid in your home. 
Um, so we're not talking party situation. We're talking dinner mm-hmm. with your family and your kids a minor. Um, there are things to be thinking about with this. So one thing that's sort of worth noting, and I think this has come up before, but I'm glad we kind of circle back on the same thing sometimes from different perspectives. In many states, Ohio, where I am included, it is legal to serve your own minor in your home. Hmm. So the law makes a distinction between you can't serve other people's minors, but you can serve your own minor in your home. And so, you know, if your kid's like super curious about alcohol and, you know, you're like, they're trying it no matter what we do, so I'd rather they do it here, the law in your state may be on your side. Okay. Now, of course, even if it's not on your side, you still can probably get away with serving your own child without getting caught. But if the law articulates that, like it does here where I am in Ohio, one thing parents might do is take advantage of that to talk with kids about the context in which drinking happens. And and I think this gets back to this big, big party thing, right? Alcohol on its own, and I'm going to put an asterisk on this and come back to it because there's something for teenagers we have to say. Alcohol on its own is not necessarily all that dangerous, right? I mean, like I have a glass of wine, you know, you know, you have a glass of wine. Like it's it's part of reasonable adult life. Mm-hmm. Alcohol gets really dangerous in very particular contexts. Parties with lots of kids and no parents around, parties like some random place where your kid has gone. You know, I mean, like that's the issue. So if your laws articulate that you can have you can serve your own kid. You can say what the law recognizes is context. The law is here married to safety. The law recognizes if we are serving you a sip or two of wine at dinner, safety is not an issue. The law also recognizes you can't be doing this other places. So it's it's not unreasonable to work in that space if you want to. Here's the asterisk. There are some data showing that kids trying alcohol as teenagers ups their likelihood of becoming of having a substance use problem down the line. So say that again. Yep. So some data show that if kids try alcohol as teenagers, it increases the likelihood they will have a substance use problem down the line. And Wait. here, yeah. Okay. This is where, you know, I spent a lot of time abroad covering, you know, as a foreign correspondent. And one thing I admired about the Europeans, they their kids are exposed to having a glass of wine when they're 15 or 16. It's not a big deal. And I feel like we have all these laws and I know they're to help. But sometimes if you're telling kids, no, 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 and you make it so taboo, doesn't it like up the game then for them to think that that like I just I don't know I get so frustrated like isn't a little bit of exposure better than suddenly cutting them loose at 21 and they go wild in college I think you're reasoning a lot of parents share and I'm not saying that it can't work right I mean I think that a lot of parents have the experience and certainly this is actually how I was raised where my parents were like here have a little wine and I had a little wine and then it was demystified mm-hmm. and um I got to college and I was like yeah whatever right I mean so I think a lot of people have in real life experience of that being a very viable way to teach about alcohol. Again, back to the like, we're not here to tell you how to raise your kids, but we are here to tell you the data so you can make your own choices. The thing that we think may happen for some kids is, um, Rena, you know how teenagers experience things really intensely, like both joys and also, (laughs) you know, miseries, like it's all on steroids for them. Mm -hmm. 
The concern is that for some kids, they're going to like really like how it feels, right? That 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 the way alcohol feels is going to be amplified by nature of them being a teenager and that kind of amped up pleasurable experience of it can lay the groundwork for them having trouble with alcohol down the line. And the theory being, if you can get them out of that window when their feelings are on steroids, it reduces the likelihood that they'll like love, love, love it. They'll just like it and then they're theoretically safer. So mm. those are the data. I want people to have the data. But again, families get to make their own choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the part of my upbringing was my parents were not big drinkers. They didn't, mm-hmm. weren't, just weren't big drinkers. But I, I guess, you know, is there ever in this situation parameters that might be okay? I know I keep coming back to it because it's sort of the real world. You know the kids are going to be exposed to it. You want to do the right thing. But I do, I'd rather have my kids exposed to it when I'm around, we can talk about it, and it's not a big deal. Is my parenting style wrong in trying to do that? Now, based no. on what you said about, you know. No, here's the thing. There's very few, there's very little in parenting I will say is wrong. I mean, there's abusive stuff, there's, you know, out of control stuff, there's neglect, right? I mean, those are wrong. So much of parenting, there's a million ways to get it right. There's a million ways. And those ways are driven by who we are, who our kids are, what the parameters are around us, what the culture we're raising them in. You know, so it's, um, I think one of the joys of being a psychologist, and I've said this before, is like, you're kind of anthropological, right? You're not mm-hmm. usually coming in with heavy judgment. Yeah. I want people to know the research. I want people to know what we know, um, but they also know their kids better than anyone else. Mm. What would you say, Lisa, if um, what should parents do if they know that there are other parents who are hosting parties or allowing these parties to happen in their absence? You don't want to be the ostracized, ostracized kid who's not allowed to go. So what do you tell your kid in that instance? I think in that instance like so much in parenting teenagers around risk behavior, you focus on safety. You just make it about safety. And you just say, like, look, those parties make me so anxious because they are fundamentally so likely to be unsafe, right? That when booze is involved, things get out of control so quickly. And Rena, like, this is the problem with having practiced as long as I have. Like, everything's okay until it's suddenly 100% not okay. And it happens fast and it's hard to control. And so I would just really um, hammer on that as a parent. Like, you know, safety means more than anything else. You being at a big party where there's no one there and, or, you know, drinking is happening and it's out of control, like not safe, not Mm. safe, or potentially could be out of control. Mm. So I want to come back to this letter as we wrap up. What do you think this parent should do? They're going away. Kid seems to be planning something. If they can't find anyone else to help, what do they do? What do they do? Okay. This is where you call in every favor you've got. So I think you don't, you know, again, maybe some kids can be trusted 100%. I don't think you put this kid in a position where hot reasoning could take over. So I think you say, um, we're going away and we're going to send you to your grandparents for the weekend, right? Or we're going away and we're hiring this, you know, trusted cranky old babysitter of yours, she's going to come stay for the weekend. Like that's happening. Or we're going away and maybe you call around to your network of families and you say, I need my kid to come stay with you guys for the weekend. Right. But so what I'm hearing is do not leave them alone is what I'm hearing from you. No, I just wouldn't. I mean, if you have any reason to be the least bit anxious and this mom's mind is already going there, 
Um, create conditions where the kid does not have to hold off their peers by themselves, right? Like he may have already told friends, like, oh, my parents are going to be away. Create conditions where he can say, yeah, they're away and guess where I am? <laughs> Stuck in, you know, this suburban whatever that I didn't mean to be in, right? You know, like don't put it so that your kid has to hold off their peers. Like it just, it's um, it's a setup. I wouldn't put, put a kid in that position. Don't put it on them. Nope. All right. Anything else, Lisa, as we wrap up that you think to keep in mind? I mean, there's so much here. But I think what you scared, what scared me the most about this episode was the legal ramifications that I was completely unaware of, thinking that I was doing the right thing by having something contained in my home. I think you're not alone in that. And and it's interesting, Rena. Um, you know, I've practiced a long time now. And my experience as I am well into my third decade of practicing is that I am more relaxed about most things, right? I'm like, eh, I've seen that play out. It's going to be all right. Mm. And then I'm also more on the ceiling about particular things, like things that I've watched evolve over time where I'm like, okay, that one, that is 100% on fire. That needs to be handled, right? So this mm. is in the on fire category, leaving a um, a kid who's already curious about when are you guys coming back and how long will you be gone home? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Wow. I wouldn't do it. God, I want to have your on fire list now. I want to know mm. all those things that once they happen- <laughs> no return back. Um, yep. Well, thank you, my friend. Um, I just think there's so much here that I didn't realize that I'm kind of shocked by, but um, appreciate you laying it out so beautifully. Um, what do you have for us for Parenting to Go? I think I just want to underscore something that threaded through this whole episode, which is just, it's always about safety, right? It's not about the laws. It's not about the morals. I mean, the laws are terrifying in this case. But, you know, kids will be like, I know lots of kids who've had parties and, you know, their parents are still free citizens. Like, you know, I mean, you you can't always convince kids on the laws. Safety. Safety is your best friend. So when we're talking with teenagers about risky behavior, whatever the risky behavior is, the reason we don't want to do it is not safe. And I love that language of saying to them, your safety means more to me than anything in the whole wide world. I'm not compromising it. We don't negotiate about safety. This is unsafe. It's a no-go. And just really focusing on safety. And that, you find, has resonated with teens. It does because it's neutral. It's neutral, right? It's not, well, this is my opinion or this is what the laws in our state say, right? It's, it's Safety is safety, right? I mean, it's, it's how we've always raised our kids, where we put safety first and then everything comes after that. Mm. Well said. Very well said. So Lisa, I am so excited about next week's episode and the guest we're going to have on next week in their new book. Tell us about it. I'm excited too. We have Dr. Cara Natterson and Vanessa Bennett coming on. They have a brand new book called This is So Awkward, Modern Puberty Explained. And they have so much wisdom in this book and so much wisdom between them. Um, we've had Dr. Natterson on in the past uh, many episodes ago to answer some medical questions for us, but they have this phenomenal, phenomenal new book about puberty coming out and we get to be with them on their publication day. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. I have so many questions. Um, there's a lot that people don't talk about and that you don't know, don't know about in puberty that I'm hoping they're gonna be able to, I know they'll be able to unearth and explain. So see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to Ask Lisa at drlisademore.com. 
And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.